Hey there, Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles. Appreciate the fact that you guys have stomached Keith and I for as long as you have. We enjoy bringing the show your way and appreciate your patronage. Want to remind you, by the way, that the season ticket renewal deadline is rapidly approaching. It's in mid-April, April 15th. If you haven't renewed your season tickets for football, go ahead and do so for the 2022 season. A lot to like based on what we've seen so far at spring practice. For all the information, go to Seminoles.com backslash tickets. Uh, that's if you're going to renew. Or if you want to get tickets for the first time, you can get a reserve seat for all home games. Uh, they range in price from 330 bucks to 800 bucks uh, all in, depending on the seat location. Again, Seminoles.com backslash tickets to answer those questions as we count it down to the 2022 campaign. That said, let's count it down to the start of Front Row Knowles, which is right now. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Tom and KJ with you as we welcome you to Front Row Knowles. How are you, Mr. Jones? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm worried about the weather, but that's a whole other conversation outside of uh, sports, so we won't get too far into it. No, we won't. We do have a game week, however, so how about that we start true. a football game week? That is true. I, uh, what, you, what you think? Do you like our chances? I, I think we'll. Uh, I think we'll pull this one out. I really do. To 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 be corny and dumb, uh, I did, did. Have you seen the um, the the I guess the play sheet or how how things are construed. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting time. You're going to get to see a bunch of different stuff. Uh, and then, the, as I understand it, they'll conclude um, the quote-unquote game with an actual real game for a little while, complete with uh, uh, um, captains and um, uh, whole deal guest coaches and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, whatever you can do to keep the fans interested. And uh, folks, I'll remind you that this is a ticketed event. So if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, go ahead and do that. Uh, We're going to talk X's and O's with Randy Shannon, who's the newest member of the coaching staff in our next segment. And uh, then we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper with another guest later on in the show, uh, talking more specifically about the spring football festivities. Uh, I'm looking forward to it for a lot of different reasons, Keith. Uh, Football at, at the front of the line, but this is also... Uh, Gene Deckerhoff's last stand, and he's going to be honored before the game. I'll let our listeners know. I think 10 or 15 minutes before kick, maybe 20 minutes before kick, there'll be a tribute to Gene. And uh, Keith, you you and I have talked about this a little bit, and you've been around FSU longer than I have. But uh, unless you're in your 60s, you don't know anything but listening to Gene call FSU football over the years. Exactly. And that has become the norm, and that's why the change is going to be um, interesting uh, in whatever direction uh, is gone. You know, the, the, the thing that I, people have asked me, you know, will it be really difficult to replace Gene? And I've told them no, because you can't replace him. Whoever comes in is going to start their own thing. And in that regard, I think uh, it's just an absolute win-win situation. Uh, Gene has been, as we've talked, uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, ambassadors for both Florida State, Florida State Athletics, and and in in his way, the city of Tallahassee. And if you've ever spent any time with him, he makes you feel like uh, you're the only one in the room and he's known you forever. And um, those are qualities that are just, they are unique to him. And therefore, we're going to celebrate 
what he's meant to this university during that little bit of time. He also was a pretty big fan of Bobby Bowden and Burt Reynolds over the years too. So uh, again, that's, that's coming up before the game on, uh, on Saturday. And this will be Gene's last call of a Florida state game. Then after the game, there's a, uh, a country music concert if you want to stay for that. So it should be a big time in terms of on the field stuff, Keith, what are you most interested in seeing? Well, I want to, I want fans to get a feel for and see, uh, you know, how, how much improvement's been made at quarterback. Um, not that that was a, a bad thing, but you know, in today's world, you've got to have a dynamic quarterback, a playmaker. I want to see if the defensive line is what it has been uh, touted to be for those that have been watching practice and being around practice. Um, I want to see balls not hitting the turf. I want our wide receivers to understand that their position group is wide receiver, not wide route runner. I want them to catch the ball. And I want to see this defense, and I'm sure Coach Shannon will address this when we have a chance to visit with him, but I want to see this defense continuing to get better, continuing to get better. Uh, so those will be the things I'm looking for. Notice I didn't mention the offensive line. I, I'm not sure that you can actually judge the offensive line in a spring game because they do so much interchanging and interchanging and uh, crossover training and that type of thing. So, you know, that's not necessarily going to be my focus. That'll be something I look for when they get into the season. But those will be the things I'm excited about seeing. Well, I also think that we can overanalyze what we see on the spring football field because they're not game planning. They're not necessarily going out there to say, well, this is how we would attack Fabian Lovett and Robert Cooper. No, they're working on the offensive lineman, to your point, and they're shifting them around and they're saying, we need to work on this play uh, and those sorts of things. So I know, we can draw some conclusions. And and I think there's a lot of guys that rightly uh, across the team and different segment groups have have made some advances and have had good springs. Uh, I think the offensive line will be better without question, but is there, is there room for growth? Yes, there's obviously room for growth. Uh, yeah, I'm excited that the focus is always on the offensive guys, but you're, you're a defensive guy, Keith, and the defense has, has won the spring so far, I think, save for a couple of practices early on, but that's to be expected. You know, anytime you're restricted to 15 practices, you know, the defense is always going to be ahead of the offense. That's just the nature of those, uh, those groups. Um, but, uh, you know, again, Effort, uh, cohesiveness, communication, you know, being able to execute, those are all things that you can measure and have a little bit of a feel for in a spring game. So I'll be looking for that. Five o'clock kick from Doe Campbell Stadium on Saturday for Florida State's spring football game. We'll talk more football with co-defensive coordinator and linebacker coach Randy Shannon. That's right after this on Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom Block, Keith Jones back with you. Really pleased to be joined by the co-defensive coordinator and linebacker coach at Florida State and a veteran coach certainly in the state of Florida over the years, which... Uh, veteran at this point means you've just been around a while. Maybe you're getting older, but Randy Shannon joins us. How are you, Coach? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you guys doing today? We're doing we're doing very well. And uh, it was I remember your days back from when you were you were playing at Miami in the late '80s. I grew up in South Florida, and obviously you've you've been all over the state since then. Uh, I'm curious though, when you look back a year ago when you were an analyst, after after all the different roles you've had from coordinator to head coach to defensive line coach linebacker coach what did you learn last year that was different or what did you enjoy last year that was different when you weren't an on-field coach for a season well the one unique thing was looking at it from every aspect of uh 
just evaluation of, of what we're doing on defense, evaluation of talent, evaluation of other teams, what they had talent-wise, but also schematically. Uh, once you sit back and you, you're able to evaluate and do all those type of things, you, you can find a way to help the team. And my, my job last year was just doing those things, just trying to help out any way, form, or fashion of making us a better football team. Coach, uh, we, we're making fun of you being a little older and a little advanced in your career. I'm so old that I was doing ball games when you played and were the head coach. So uh, Tommy puts me in my place quite frequently. I, I guess my question really is a little more uh, philosophical in the fact that, you know, with the rivalries between Florida State and Miami and Florida, how difficult has it been for you to uh, stay purely professional with all the ties that you have to all these other universities? That's a real unique situation and position that you're in. Well, it's unique, but you know what? It's fun because you enjoy college football and you enjoy the atmosphere of each, each game that you play in. Every game that you play in uh, between those schools has always been unique. And uh, the fun of it, the thrill of it, just being a part of it, and you always want to be on the winning side, no matter what, what the outcome is. You want to be on the winning side of the football team. And uh, I enjoyed every moment of it, every game that I've been in through the rivalries of every school. And I'm um, continuing to enjoy this, this, this atmosphere here at Florida State down here in Tallahassee. Okay. Cutting to, to spring practice, uh, Coach. What – well, when we just lost uh, Randy Shannon there, Keith, so we'll see if he dials back in and continue. We'll, we'll continue the conversation here for a minute, KJ. I, I do remember, and I was going to ask him, I, I bet that he and Odell have swapped a few stories because Odell was playing at FSU at the same time that he was playing at uh, at Miami. So I imagine there's been a few stories, even though they're on the same side now. Um, but he he's coming back in. I'm not sure. This is the world of Zoom that we live in where we just lost him. So we'll, we'll bring him back. But uh, Randy Shannon in his second year at FSU. And uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, by the way, which is when there's severe weather going through the, the capital city. So maybe that's part of the issue. Uh, but we'll see if we can if we can grab him back, Coach. I was going to say spring practice right now. Uh, give give me kind of a thumbnail. What are you pleased with as far as your segment group at, at the linebacker position? Where is there still room for growth? Well, there's a lot of room for growth, and uh, as far as learning what we're doing. But the one unique thing that we've done, uh, everybody's learning different positions. We're not lining guys up in one specific place because of what I've learned in NFL. When you only have four guys for a team for a game. You have to teach everybody to know what to do. So I think the diversity of what we're doing with our linebackers, moving around, playing different positions, and having fun at it. Uh, this spring has been unique. It's been a learning process, but it's been a great process. They adapted to everything we're doing. They're uh, making sure that the run game is solidified and what we're trying to get done. But it's time to improve. we got to continue to improve as a group and uh, get better each and every day. Randy, not, not to give away any secrets, and I know you wouldn't, but uh, when, when Saturday rolls around and, and you're done and you're back looking at the tape, give us an idea other than the standard things of not missing tackles, lining up in the right place, going in the right direction. But what will you see, if you see it, that will say, you know, we had a good spring. We, we, we made progress and we're on track. What are those things that you're looking for? The biggest thing is don't make the same mistakes what you did last week. Keep improving. Uh, if you continue to make mistakes off of two weeks ago or last week, then we're not getting any better. The biggest emphasis is to play hard, which is you can control the, how much effort you put in the game. The second thing is communication because everybody has to talk each and every day. And if you can communicate and talk to someone, you'll be happy, you'll be successful. And the third thing is, like I said, just continue to grow, but don't make the same mistakes what you did in the past because now you treat it like a game 
if you're not able to correct the mistakes from last week's game to this week's game, then we're not going to be a better football team. So that's the biggest thing that we look for each and every time. We're talking with Randy Shannon, FSU's linebacker coach and co-defensive coordinator. Coach, you had a, I don't know if inside track is the right term, but you certainly had familiarity with one of the players that came in via the transfer portal and Tatum Bethune. Uh, there's, there's been, I've been out of practice a couple of times and, and I know he's, he's had a pretty good spring. At least that seems to be the popular opinion. What did, what did Florida State get in Tatum Bethune? What is, how is he fitting in? Well, he's doing a great job of fitting in. Uh, he's unique. Guy's kind of quiet, but, you know, being around the guys right now, he's opened up a lot. I think he's feeling at home right now. The guys is really gravitating to him as he gravitates to them. Uh, brings a lot of energy to our team, uh, solidifies some things that uh, here's a guy that can play multiple positions for us, but also is a guy that can make a lot of plays. And uh, we have guys on our team that can make plays, and we just added to that on our team. Randy, you've been a head coach, you're obviously a coordinator, and now co-coordinator. Um, you've seen the big picture. Um, what what impresses you about Florida State? What what uh, what is uh, something you've learned about the Seminole program that maybe you didn't know about uh, that uh, has registered with you? You know what? It's a family. It's a big time family atmosphere. Uh, I've been knowing Odell Hagen for a long time, and when I was a player, believe it or not, we used to drive up here and hang out with Odell and the guys when he was in school. So. It's a family atmosphere, but everybody wants to come and go, wants to win. And uh, I think that when you have a, a, a mindset of what we need to get done, how we need to get it done, and put the emphasis and everybody joins in as one, and that's one Florida State has really done a great job of me being here and seeing those type of things done. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled and excited to be a part of it and, and really thrilled that Coach Novell gave an opportunity to be a part of his family and his program. So did Odell take you to his favorite fishing hole back in the day? He probably does that now, too. <laughs> he tried to get me to go out a lot, but back then we used to come up in and enjoy each other, and uh, we continue to have that great relationship. Uh, Coach, I think he still had. I think he had that Bronco that he still has. I think he had it about thirty-five <laughs> years ago. So you've probably ridden in it a time or two. I have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to some of your, your personnel. I mean, Kalen DeLoach had a, had a breakout year a season ago. Amari Gaynor obviously is a legacy. I guess you probably played against his dad thinking about the timeline on that. Uh, you know, other Omar Graham, uh, I think, is, is fitting in. But, but kind of talk about some of the rest of the bodies and personnel that you have there at your position and what you're, what you're seeing. Well, personnel-wise, I mean, we have, a, a like I said, a unique group that are playing multiple positions. I try to keep the young guy, Omar Graham, the freshman out of high school got, arrived in January at one position, but uh, DJ Lundy, Omari Gaynor, DeLoach, uh, Tatum Bethune, uh, we moved those guys around a lot because I think the multiply that you have, the depth that you can have, the more that you can be successful with injuries come, you don't have to worry about it. And also, Brennan Gann has done a good job for us, uh, moving from safety to linebackers, doing some good things for us. And uh, we're kind of excited by the group because it's it's not just it's, – it's a standout of a, a – of conglomerate of guys who are doing one unique job of communication, but also playing the way they're supposed to play the football game. Coach, talk a little bit about the the responsibilities, um, uh, you know, working with Adam and, and, and the things that you guys are trying to coordinate together. And, and just talk about that working relationship. Oh, it's a great relationship. The one thing that uh, Adam's going to call every play, you know, my job and, and the other staff jobs, I think Adam done a tremendous job of, of getting input from everyone. Uh, ideas and thoughts and he's a guy that wants to know okay I got it this this I can see that but now anybody can you know tear it down and that's the one thing that most coordinators great coordinators need to have is that somebody that can you can listen to and understand on what's going on 
and not just be like, well, it's all about me. And Adam's not like that. And our staff is unique. It's not like that. Everybody gets along. Everybody have fun. We enjoy each other. Now, well, I'm going to say that we don't disagree. No, we disagree. But once it's over, it's over. And we go back to being who we are, which is good people, family people, and enjoying each other. Last I checked, uh, the only way to get a knife sharp is friction. That's I'm it. just saying. <laughs> Well, and, and Keith, I was going to bring up, we'll keep this conversation old school because that's who we are and what we do, right, Keith? But, I mean, Chuck Amato and, and Mickey Andrews back in the day didn't see eye to eye necessarily, and that might have been part of the recipe for success is that somebody would challenge, hey, this is the way to do it. No, this is the way to do it. I mean, that's a way to get better, to Keith's point in what you're saying. It is. You know, the more, the more inf- information, the more successful you can be. Like I always tell everybody, when, you, when, you, when, you're in, when I was in NFL, it's not one scout, not two scouts, not the general manager, not the, the vice president. It was like seven to eight people evaluating who you're going to draft. So the more information that you can give, the better success that you're going to have. If you have just one person doing it, he cannot see everything. And then that's when you have, have bad things happen. To that to that point, I wasn't going to take this uh, in this direction, but related to recruiting, how many guys are evaluating somebody before an offer goes out nowadays? Because there's a lot of folks in the mix now. <laughs> it's a lot of evaluation. It's, it's a, you know, that's one thing we have. I think Coach Novell has done is done a great job of you evaluate your area as an area coach. The position coach evaluates. The coordinator evaluates. He evaluates, recruiting evaluates. So you get about six evaluations on that particular person before you go out and say you're an offer. So the more eyes like anything else, the more successful that you'll be. All right, let's talk about something important. What do you enjoy about Tallahassee? Where, where's your favorite restaurant? What, what, what are you doing off the field? What little bit of time you get off the field to, have, to enjoy I life? I haven't been out that much in Tallahassee. I've been to Harry's a little bit. And uh, I've been to Four Rivers, but I, I really not a go out type of person. But uh, if you can give me a couple of restaurants I can go to, I've been to Shulas. I've been to Shulas. Give me a couple of places I, I definitely been enjoying going out a little cool. bit. Cool. Well, Keith and I don't miss many meals, Coach, as you can probably tell. So we, we, we might be a good resource for you there. Hey, we'll finish up on this. Uh, you know, we've been talking about linebackers, but but the whole defense, and I guess it starts up front. I'm just thinking with the two guys that are in the middle, and I don't want to shortchange the rest of Odell's group, really all the guys in the middle, it seems like they're going to set uh, almost everything for the defense this year and has a chance to be a really, really good defense based on those tackles and and the guys up front. That's the biggest thing. I mean, every defense starts what we have up front. And I think the unique part about our defense front we have right now, I think maybe five or six defensive tackles that we actually can play in the game. And then we go outside right now at a particular time. We feel like we got maybe three or four defensive ends that can contribute and do a great thing. So it's like anything else. It's, it's you wear somebody down by the numbers that you have. And uh, the guys up front, we have numbers at. We got to continue to work with them. Coach Odell and uh, Coach JP's done a great job of, of, of grinding those guys and making sure they understand everything. But also with me, also with the linebackers, we got to be on tune and what the defensive line is doing. And uh, it's been a great working relationship. You should see the D-linemen high-fiving the linebackers, linebackers high-fiving the D-linemen when the run game is going. So it's been unique. It's been fun. It's been great to see those guys really interact interact with each other really good. Hey, I'll finish up here, Randy, and let you get going. You know, back when you played, it was 
it was four three all the time probably. And nowadays there's that fifth defensive back on the field. I mean, I guess base is still four three. How much has that percentage changed in terms of the number of backers you have on the field compared to getting somebody that's maybe a little lighter and can run a little bit better and getting an extra member of the secondary in there? Oh, it's tremendous. It's about 80% of the game now, just because of they taking the fullbacks out of the game and they putting another receiver in the game. So it becomes a matchup. It's like matchup, uh, man, oh man, three on three football. They substitute, you substitute. So it's, it's really went down to keeping three linebackers on the field. It's, it's basically a nickel substitution situation now. So three receivers, more DBs, less, less receivers, more linebackers. Yeah, pretty simple equation when you boil it down that way. Well, uh, it, it's fun to have you on the staff. Congrats on the success and longevity of your career. You've been a lot of really good places, uh, including this one right here. So best of luck this year at Florida State. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Thanks, Randy. Co-defensive coordinator for Florida State linebacker coach Randy Shannon, and we'll have more Front Row Knowles right after this. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles, and uh, we reopen that Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. We say hello to the uh, Florida State Director of Athletics, Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, I guess, at FSU, Michael Alford. How are you, sir? I'm doing excellent, sir. How are you doing, both you guys? Y'all doing well? We're, we're doing well. It's a game week, a football game week. I know so we got some got some excitement on Saturday. Oh, we got all kinds of things going on this weekend. I know baseball's uh, traveling up in Atlanta, softball's at home uh, with Virginia Tech, spring game. We got the Hall of Fame banquet. We got we got all kinds of activities. Gene's last game, which is uh, going to be very special. And I mean, what what a what a just a joy it's been of mine uh, to just be around him uh, in the time that I've been here and get to know him. And of course, so many mutual friends in the industry, uh, legendary friends that I've been fortunate enough at other places to work. Uh, with alongside and it's going to be a special day to honor him. No Gene's been, uh, Tom and I have been privileged, both of us to work for, uh, with him. And uh, I was actually on the field uh, for the first football game that he did. And what I mean by on the field is I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> and Keith, I'll be on the field for the last game he'll call. So we have that in common. There you go. He's not uh, playing, however. How many interceptions hey. do you have, Tommy? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not as many as you. And we'll change the subject. <laughs> Michael, we wanted to have you on because uh, April 15th uh, is, is approaching and that's a key deadline that, that Seminole fans and our listeners need to be aware of related to the annual fund and season ticket renewal. So I'll, I'll give you the floor to talk about how important this is for the success of Florida State Athletics. Well, it's the most important thing we do is the annual fund because it allows us to to take uh, those dollars and reinvest them into the student athlete experience and the operational funds that we're able to provide those student athletes, whether it's the, the nutrition elements that we've really upgraded and is making a world of difference in, in talking to the students or what we're able to do tutoring or just their travel, even facilities. Um, you know, we were able to take the, the great support we got from the annual fund and the increases last year and really go in and build a weight room that helped all 550 student athletes 
uh, forecasting right now the annual fund increase and it's allowing us to to go and do some new field maintenance we're installing new turf at soccer new turf at uh, softball baseball and uh, they're in the off season and that's all because of the annual fund and it's really the lifeblood of everything we do and it allows us to to budget the operational funds that provide the world-class experience for these student athletes and Tom and Keith, y'all have heard me say it all the time. I mean, that's that's our number one goal. Every decision we make is how does it benefit them and how does it help us achieve their success where they're graduating at this great university, top 20 institution with a meaningful degree and a couple of championship rings on the fingers. And, and that really comes from the annual fund. It allows us, being a self-sustaining athletic department, it, it allows us to reinvest those funds into their experience. Michael, bra brag on the booster side just a little bit. Uh, update and share with our folks. Uh, when you came on board, the focus was increasing numbers, getting more people involved. Uh, talk about what happened there and, and why we need to be excited about what's going on on that side of the equation at Florida State. Uh, that's a, thank you for bringing that to, to my attention to address, Keith, because when, when I first arrived and did the analytics, did the analytics of where we were, where we've been in the past, and really put together the strategy and processes and procedures to help us grow our business, uh, we had dipped down to about 9,000 in the annual fund. Um, and then you do the analytics, and we have the most alumni of any ACC school of about 50,000. We're at about 375 North Carolinas at about 325. And, but yet only 2% give back. And that's something that just needed to be addressed because we had to grow it. For us to have success and compete against our peers on the field and off the field, we had to grow that annual fund. So we got it up to about 12.5 last year and our staff did an unbelievable job of getting out and really just sharing our student athlete stories. We got about 550 amazing kids. Uh, I say kids, young men and women. Uh, they come here, they do the right things. We got a 3.1 GPA. We graduated 85% of our, of our athletes. They're doing, they, they give 6,000 hours a year into the community and community service. And uh, we have great coaches that really invest in our student athletes and put great character and core values into them. And, and the annual fund donations and us being able to grow that allows that us to continue making a difference in those young men and women's lives. And we want to get it up to about 15 and, and poor Daryl Beach, who, who I love to death. And as I've given her the charge, I want to get it to 20. I'm like, let's, let's put a path to get to 20 in the next few years. And it's really keeps just going out and sharing our message, asking people to partner with us at any level and letting them know this goes back to support the student athletes. It doesn't go, we always tied it to tickets a little bit and it's really going back and sharing those student athletes message and helping us support them. That, that was going to be my next question, Michael. There's, there's, I don't know the percentage you probably do. There's plenty of folks who give to the annual fund who don't have season tickets for yes. maybe they live in Cal, maybe they live in California. I mean, it's not practical for them to come to six or seven mm -hmm. games. So uh, people need to be aware that the benefit is really about the impact you're making on the student athletes lives. 100% Tom and, and we've added uh, I'm looking at it right now 1200 new members um, this year so far and, and we got up to about 2000 last year and the, all that was because of our messaging those people a lot of them a majority of them didn't have season tickets 
and really listen to what we were we were out preaching and and talking about the impact that even seventy dollars a year could have on us and what we're able to reinvest and that is seeing a big increase in people who do not have season tickets even outside of Tallahassee that are joining knowing that that knowing that they're 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 having an impact on these young men and women and we, we got to do a better job here at home and I'm going to preach that a little bit we got 45,000 alumni in Leon County and just 2,000 members uh, support the booster club and we got that when I first arrived Keith to go back on your question it was at 1200 we got a we're now at 2,000 uh, members here in Tallahassee. So we're getting the message out to come support these young men and women and, and give them the resources they deserve. Michael, you talk about the student athletes. Obviously, the coaches and the coaching staffs are very important. Um, two longtime veteran uh, uh, coaches uh, announcing they're retiring, leaving, whatever you want to couch it as able to promote from within and going to do a national search on the other, but just talk about, uh, about those guys uh, and ladies and what they've meant to the program and, and where you're headed. Well, I can tell you, Keith, when I first got here uh, and accepted the job as CEO of the boosters, the very first call I received of congratulations was from Sue. And uh, since then, her and I have just been dear friends and, and we've been talking about this uh, for a while. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I try to talk her out of it during the season. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, you get a big win and uh, every time she get a big win, I just text her. Um, I got a five-year extension sitting on my desk, uh, ready for you to come by and look at, but, uh, you know, she's such a special person has done so many great things to this university being here 25 years and, and being able to, um, look at that program, evaluate it. Uh, knowing I was probably going to possibly have a change. You know, she had decided during the season, but it gave me the opportunity. She was uh, up front with me and said, hey, I'm thinking about this. Don't know yet, uh, but we talked throughout the season about it. And uh, it really gave me a time to evaluate where that program needed to go uh, during that process. And, and really, as and I said it in, in Brooks' press conference, you know, some some programs need a transformation, some need a transition, and it's evaluating where you are right now in that program, what's the culture of that program, uh, how the students uh, been, to, and getting feedback from some of them, and uh, then looking at what you have and, and going through the process. And uh, Brooke really stood out, her passion, and, and I said it in her press conference too, just her pride uh, for this university and really stood out to me and, and what she had done. And she has been offered a lot of, of good jobs. And uh, I won't mention the school, but the day before I, I gave her the official offer, I had an AD comments that, all right, Power 5 AD going, if you're not going to hire, I'm hiring her tonight. And I said, hold on, did everybody hold on? Give <laughs> me time. And uh, so, yeah, she's going to do a great job, you know, and uh, we got a great young nucleus of players uh, there and some more coming in that uh, really are exciting uh, to where that program's hitting. And, and uh, then at soccer, Coach Gregorian, you know, 17 years, did an unbelievable job with this program. Uh, unfortunate we couldn't work something out, uh, but you got to move forward. And it has the opportunity to, to look at what that program needs. And, you know, we support it at a very high level uh, nationally uh, with budgeting and we're installing a new 
video board into that system, putting about 1.2 million into the facility this off season alone uh, of, of to get it up to where I think it should be uh, with uh, programs uh, that we compete against. Uh, so we're doing a national search, a lot of interest, uh, just uh, going through that process right now. And hopefully my time, let people watch your timeline as fast as I can go uh, to find the right person, the right character that's going to come in and have an impact on those kids uh, because that's what it's about. And when I hired Brooke, I mentioned it, you know, when you hire a coach or you know, we got great coaches right now that really care about the, the kids and they want to bring people of very high character uh, that are that are going to install core values into those student athletes that they will take with them for life. Uh, that's something that's very important to me that they're going to get out in the community. They're going to be understand that that logo's always on. They're going to represent this institution uh, first class. They're going to help us raise money uh, to go out and share the vision of the total program and really be a, a partner with all the other coaches and the administration as we look to to look at the culture of this department and what we're going to do for it in the future. So we're really excited about those two opportunities with Brooke coming on and and uh, see how we can improve the program. Michael, don't take this one the wrong way. I, I know nothing about this, but somebody on the FSU beat the other night during the national championship game, sort of like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, they pointed out that Bill Self was an assistant coach for Leonard yes. at Oklahoma State, and Hubert Davis was on the team when he coached the Wizards. That's so right. I'm not suggesting Leonard's going anywhere. I'm just, he, he's, he's a little like you. You've been all over the place and you have connections everywhere, but I'm pretty sure that, that Leonard probably has ties to Naismith somehow in the sport of basketball. I think he has the peach basket at his house. That's what I think. Well, he, he's another uh, person that has just really just been great to, to work with and get to know, at a, you know, we have so many mutual friends in the, in the industry. And he reminds me of, of so many of different coaches I've worked with. And, and he and I talk about every day, uh, whether something's going on and, uh, just to, to bounce things off of him and, and vice versa. And just to have that leadership role that he provides, um, this department is, is special. And something that really made me proud was, uh, at Brooks press conference when you saw the head coaches come out and uh, congratulate her. I thought that was very special. And that speaks volumes to the culture of those head coaches that uh, they're really happy for her and want to be there to support her uh, when she got named head coach. We'll finish up here, Michael. Last time we had you on, you said you were going to make it a point. I don't recall if it was just meet each one of the 550 student athletes or know them by face and name. But I'm wondering if you can update us on where you are in that process. <laughs> we're getting there. Uh, <laughs> we're getting there as, as quick as possible. You know, try to, of course, all the events that are in season go down to the fig. Now that that's open, gives me an opportunity to go through the training room every day. Um, and uh, so it's, it's really just getting out and, and it will take time, uh, especially this fall. Uh, we'll be a little bit better, but just letting them know our core values and, and uh, that they have someone and an administration and uh, a university that supports them. And uh, that that is something that I just try to talk to them about and and really just make sure they they know that uh, we we care about them and that we're doing everything we can do to provide them the very best resources to have the very best experience. Uh, when they graduate from Florida State.
Michael, anything new to announce? I mean, you know, we got the operations center, you got uh, renovations and changes to DOKE, and you mentioned the SOD and the scoreboards, but uh, any other little tidbit out there that our, our listeners would say, I heard it there first, that uh, <laughs> you, you can share with us? Well, we're doing a little update to uh, the basketball recruiting path. Um, we, that should be installed sometime in May, uh, but it has been updated since 2011. Uh, they had a timeline that ended in 2011 on the recruiting path. And, and that was getting with Sue and Stan and Brooke and, and Coach Helm and, and saying, all right, uh, this is my vision. Um, what do you, what's y'all's vision? And uh, let's make this work. And it's really going to be something special uh, to see. And just the support that we're getting uh, overall. When, Keith, when we go out and, and, talk, and share vision for our projects, we got coming on. So many people have jumped on. Uh, the Doe Campbell project. Uh, we're looking at a softball project right now. Um, we have some, some generous donors who are, are looking at, at providing maybe some premium seating and willing to help us fund it. If we would build it there, I'm looking at doing some chairbacks and soccer uh, venue. Um, so that's that's something that needs to be addressed. So looking at the fan experience and the recruiting paths, uh, and I take those in the very same order. Uh, when you walk in a facility, you know, I call it being recruit donor ready and uh, that we need to be ready and always have our, our forward facing uh, front porch uh, clean, swept and ready to go. And that's just something we're really working on. Well, just make sure you got mine and Tommy's rocking chairs over there to stage left <laughs> so we can always hang out. <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> Michael Alford, the uh, AD at Florida State. Thanks as always. Appreciate it. No, I appreciate you all. Appreciate you all your support and uh, really appreciate your love for Florida State. And thank you for all you do for us. You bet. We'll take a break, come back and finish up right on the other side of this timeout. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles to finish things up. Jam-packed today. Randy Shannon, Michael Alford, anything you want to uh, attach yourself to there that resonated, Keith? Starting with, I guess, Coach Shannon first. Well, you know, I just think it speaks to Coach Shannon's character as a man, as a person, as an individual. Because in theory, you ain't never going to get to coach at Miami, Florida, Florida State, and UCF in the same career. I mean, that. That was part of my comment about the competition and and that type of thing. I mean, you know, how many of our listeners, how many of the, the majority of Florida State faithful will say, we hired we hired the boy from Miami, we hired a boy from Florida, we hired the man here, the, the lady there, you know, the, 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 the girl other. You just don't talk about things like that. That just can't happen. But it has with Randy and by all accounts been extremely successful. And back to my original point, I just think that speaks to him in terms of his character and, and the individual that he is and, and how good he is, that that could be part of his resume. You left out the Dolphins. He coached there, too. So he's almost well, got – I'm just every- talking at the collegiate level. I was yeah. just talking about the collegiate level. I understand. I understand. What about from uh, Director of Athletics Alford? You know, it, it, the, the parallel I make, and you and I have not talked about this, so with this you may not agree with me, but, you know, every good head coach – has a list that if, if this segment coach leaves, I'm going to consider these three people or these four people. And if that segment coach leaves, I'm going to do this. And if this happens, I'm going to do the other. 
And Michael, as an AD, has a list of the things he wants to get accomplished. And and that's why I ask him about new things coming up. Um, you know, premium seating in the, the soccer complex and the softball complex wouldn't have even been on my radar. It should be, but it just, it wouldn't because those, those events are so heavily attended and so well attended, but he's one, two, three steps ahead of all that. Now, there will be those who say everything that he does, uh, he tries to monetize, and I get that, but that's the nature of what we're in right now, and that's the world we live in. And uh, I, just, I just think he has such a creative mind, and because of his experience at the NFL level and other institutions and fundraising and that type of thing, um, I, I, I'm just amazed by the ideas and the concepts that he continues to come up with. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I'm just s- slow and, 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 and not bright or whatever other buzzword you want, but he continues to impress me. Well, both, both those things can be true, Keith. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> All right. Hey, spring game is five o'clock on Saturday. I just looked it up. The the recognition pregame for Gene will be at four forty. So uh, get in the stadium early if you want to be a part of that. Uh, I, I would imagine. I don't know. I haven't talked to marketing. Uh, I envision about a nine minute reel on the big board of Gene's greatest calls, which will include Punt Ruski and Peter Warwick in New Orleans and about a million others. Separation. Uh, separation. There's separation. Yep, Three, yep, two, Warwick one. Done. Yep. yep. Warwick done in Gainesville. That'll be on that list. Anyway, it'll be a special day, and, and and hopefully we walk away feeling enthused about what we see on the football field. I think we will. I've felt good when I've left uh, the practice practices, and I've only been a couple of times, but I've felt pretty good about what I've seen there. So uh, hopefully that carries over, Keith. Well, it'll be good to, to get back together. Uh, this is the time of year when everybody's positive, everybody's optimistic. As you and I have talked, everybody's undefeated. Uh, it'll be good to uh, be outside. Hopefully the weather will cooperate. I know midweek uh, we've got issues in Tallahassee for those that are listening on the podcast or planning on traveling. But uh, by all accounts, weekend weather should be pretty good unless there's something out there I don't know about. And Michael mentioned softball teams in town. I can just tell you that the the uh, reserve seating is sold out for the season at softball. So uh, get your GA tickets, standing room only, to watch Lonnie's <laughs> team play. <laughs> All right, we're out of time. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks, as always. We'll do this again next week. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles.